chapter 6. And we talked last week about testing, about trials, and about the disposition that a Christian needs to have in order to understand that um, we're not living for this world and we don't have, <coughs> as Christians, as they say, well, I've, I've got a right to do this and that. No, there's another kingdom coming. And God will test us, and God will allow us to go through testing, allow the Jews to go through testing 40 years in the wilderness. And they kept messing it up until they finally died in the wilderness, and God brought the next generation into the promised land. But the ultimate testing will happen on the earth during the Revelation, or excuse me, during the Apocalypse, Tribulation. People will be asked, and, and people are being asked today, you know, where's your loyalties? Because some are giving up their testimonies for this world and putting this world first instead of God. They're willing to uh, compromise their loyalty to God, their faithfulness for whatever the world asks them to do. And we're seeing it left and right. I've got uh, up, up my general manager above me who, who readily says that he took the coronavirus vaccine because the owner and his wife pressured him. I'm like, well, geez, you know, if you let other people pressure, you have no control over yourself. The owner asked about me. He knows I'm dead set. He's in hacking. He doesn't ask again. Doesn't doesn't dare because he knows he's going to be met with a a you know concrete wall or whatever that's never going to bow to that. And so, but once you're known for your convictions people pretty much leave you alone. Satan will not. He will look for other ways. <clears throat> Your flesh will try to compromise you. But, you know, people need to be steadfast in Christ and understand that you need to be willing to give up your job, give up your most intimate loyalties for God first. He said, he that loves mother, father, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. If you're willing to put somebody before God and compromise your uh, affection, your loyalty to God, then you're, you're really messed up and you need to check your relationship. So it says here um, in verse 12, and we'll finish it as far as this chapter. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, or look, behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became uh, as black as sackcloth, hair, it means darkened completely, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, as a fig tree cast uh, her untimely figs, when it's been shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll, and it, as it, um, when it was rolled together, and every mountain and every island were moved out of their places. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and slave, uh, worker, um, servants, employee, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? Abelidas, as we look at this and we, we understand what this means, uh, 
give us that understanding in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, here these people are on earth killing Christians for their faith. Um, compromising their sovereignty to the devil himself. Receiving the mark of the beast. Hoping to not die or to be deprived of all that they will be deprived of who do not receive the mark of the beast. They will be killed for their faith. Those that uh, refuse the mark. Those that refuse to worship the beast. And so the whole of society now the majority is receiving the mark. And they think, well, okay, it's for my good. I get this is for the fact that maybe I, you know, uh, there's no more identity theft. There's no more getting away with things because everybody knows who you are. You have a mark on your hand. You can't, you know, somebody can't steal your credit card and your ID and become you and steal your bank account. And so what people that are in a totalitarian state usually do in order to gain the control and the loyalty of the masses is to do so with fear. And it's to do so by convincing them it's for their own good. There are multitudes of people, they say 54%, now more than half, they say, they say, that 54% of the people in the United States have received the COVID shot. Regardless of the fact that there have been uh, cited complications, even death, paralyzation, and all kinds of serious uh, contraindications by doing so. And yet, they're convinced this is what they should do. This is the norm. They're always talking, I hear them at work. Did you get yours? Oh, how did you feel? And they're comparing war stories, which are stupid as can be. In a war story, and it's your little whining cell talking about your shot. Um, but that's now the new norm. They're talking about their shot. How long they stood in line, where they got it, which one did they get? And it's a conditioning factor for the world for when they go to get in line to receive the mark of the beast. <clears throat> for when they go and submit to the powers that be and be and subjugate them to say, I will receive this in order so that I can fit into society. In China today, if you are a persona non grata, it means you are not toting the party line then you are, your name and your face is put up on billboards everywhere, on electronic media. Uh, you, your, your credit is taken from you. You can't buy a ticket to travel. You can't buy a train ticket, bus ticket. You can't go across county lines or state lines, etc. And you basically are limited as a citizen. And it is, and I'm tired of you know people saying what socialism, communism, it is really another word for totalitarianism where they have complete control. It's a, it's a psychosis of the society where they surrender their will, their sovereignty to the state. And they basically are no longer owners of themselves. Uh, we talk about all oh, slavery and this and that and the other thing, but people fail to realize that they are becoming slaves of the state, where the state tells them what is acceptable, what is not, what they must and must not do, how they must think and must not think and they no longer have a mind of their own. And so the ultimate will be when the Antichrist comes into power, the, the world will already be in condition for that. They will be prepped for that to happen. 
uh, when they go to give you a shot, they prep your arm, they rub it, they slap it, you know, get the blood going, they put alcohol in there, get infection, then they prep, then they do it. Painters, when they paint, they don't just start painting a house. They tape up everything and make sure that there's no splatter place that's going to go, and they put a tarp on the floor, and, and they cover things they don't want to get splattered. They prep everything professionals do before they paint. Well, the world is being prepped now for the totalitarianism and the subjugation that will come with the mark of the beast and the Antichrist. And so, but with all that said, they think they're buying their salvation, their, uh, as they say in Spanish, salvando su pellejo, they're saving their skin. But in actuality, they are condemning themselves because this is what happens. After all this, this is happening, after or during the time they're putting Christians to death, in heaven, they're, they're claiming to God how long. This is what happens on the earth. Everything falls apart. Everything that they, they felt was their foundation to their life. Their routine. They're eating, drinking, marrying, have their job. They're, they're having their sports. They're, they're soccer moms taking their kids to practices. And all the things that they do not come to a complete horrific halt. Because the Bible says that the very earth that they're, they're standing on. The very solar system and the galaxy and the heavens that surround them now rebel against them. And all of a sudden, everything is taken. You forget about your pretty little life and your nice little boat on everything because it all disappears. Behold, when he had opened the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the earth are shaken. Everything that you thought was solid, everything that you had uh, planned in your life, you had your aspirations, you had your goals, you had your dreams of what you wanted to do, it's all gone. Because now everything is destroyed. A major earthquake that destroys, it says a great earthquake. That means buildings are destroyed, infrastructure is destroyed, and then it goes on and it says in the sun itself, the sun that pro pro provides the heat, provides the uh, solar uh, energy, and so forth, the vitamin D, that we need to survive. It was the first thing that God put in the heavens before he created everything else. He said, let there be light. It's gone. It's gone. Now they're, they're in a dark winter, as you will. There, there's no heat. There's no light. Everything's been destroyed by a great earthquake. And it says, um, uh, and the, the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell onto the earth. That means... Now they're being shattered by meteors. They're being shattered by asteroids. If you go back into the book of Joshua, when Joshua was fighting against the Canaanites, there was a day when God helped Joshua and the armies of Israel fight against their enemies. And the Bible says that there were more of the enemies of Israel that were killed by the hailstones the size of towns that were falling from heaven than from the army of Joshua killing and vanquishing his enemies. God did more damage using the natural uh, elements than Joshua did with his sword. God himself fought for Israel and brought talent, stone-sized hail upon the enemies. So can you imagine, you're already devastated, you're living in the ruins of whatever you can, maybe in a cave, maybe in a shack <coughs> that is uh, now dilapidated, it should be condemned because of the earthquake, it's dark, there is no electricity, there is nothing. The moon itself is not shining. And now you're being pelted from heaven with meteors and with asteroids. <clears throat> and it says here, 
Um, and it finally says, and, uh, and the stars of heaven fell uh, to the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs, when she's shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll. As you look in the heavens, you see the stars. Everything is departing. Everything. The stars are coming out of their place. This is what's going to happen toward the end. This is where everything is gone. People right now have these these ideas. Well, I don't want God to come now because I've got. I want to get married. I want to do this. I want to have kids. I want to have my career. I want to climb up the corporate ladder. I want to go see this. I want that vacation. And it's all a facade because God destroys everything. He created it. They abused it. They perverted it. And God takes it from them. And God leaves them with nothing. Nothing but now to ask the contrary of the very nature. When people are in an earthquake, they run out of the building because they don't want the building to fall on them. If they're underground, miners try to get out of the mine so that the mine doesn't cave in on them and bury them inside and crush them or keep them from escaping and eventually they don't get enough air and food and water and they die. But now, contrary to the nature that men have innate in them to run out of the building or to run out of a cave in a, a mine uh, a shaft, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, cave-in, they're running inside. Because now their fear of God overrides their fear of being buried alive. They prefer being buried alive in a cave than to facing Almighty God. Because now the horror of the wrath of God is what they have to look forward to. And there are, there are pastors out there, there are people out there teaching, well, that's wrong, God isn't wrath, wrathful, God isn't angry. Yes, He is. The Bible says He's angry with the wicked every day. Every day. But He offers them grace through the cross in the gospel of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And so this is where man ends up. He says, in the mountains and the rocks, they're praying, fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Can you imagine a uh, looking at a, a lamb and figuring how who would be afraid of a lamb? But remember, Jesus, Yeshua, is the Lamb of God who died as a lamb. But he is also, later on, you're going to see that he is known as the lion. The lion, or actually we saw last, uh, last chapter, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He it was foretold that from the lineage of Judah, the patriarch that came after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and through the line of Judah, his son would come the Messiah through the, Ju through the Judean, uh, Judah tribe and through the line of David, the great king. <clears throat> and so here's what's happened. They received the mark. They thought that they did the right thing to escape. They thought that that was their salvation. They thought that was their ticket to a society where everything was in order and there would be law enforcement because nobody could steal it. You had to have the mark and and so forth, everything has caved in, and there's nothing left to look forward to but judgment. But judgment. Is there a specific reason just besides the mark itself? Like, I mean, it doesn't say clearly why automatically receiving the mark makes you like a wicked or a disgrace or completely not forgotten, but a spell from God's presence. Like, what is this? about this mark like 
Because there's a lot of things that you mentioned in society that you know people get conditioned and how can you identify like why does identify that one specifically? We're going to see that next chapter. But because have you ever seen cattle that have been branded? A cattle is branded when you have many many cattle because that brand shows that that belongs to this owner, that belongs to this ranch. They would have a brand mark and they would set it in fire and they would brand the hide of the cattle to show this bunch. It's like a it's like a permanent tattoo. And so <clears throat> that now cattle belongs to this rancher, this ranch. When you receive the mark of the beast, you're saying, I belong to Satan. You are now saying, you belong to the Antichrist. You have basically said, no to God, yes to the Antichrist. We're going to see in the next chapter that the 177, uh, excuse me, 144,000 Jews, men, that are the evangelists that Jesus sends out into the world, that the church is now gone, and he sends these Jewish evangelists out there to preach the gospel, they have the mark of God on their forehead. God says, these are mine. But those over there that have received the mark of the beast, or have worshipped the beast, they have said, we reject God, we receive Satan. In the Old Testament, a bondservant, would, let's say he would have been sold to a... Uh, sold to an owner, property owner, and let's say when it was time for him to come and be free, his time was up, <coughs> that uh, he would be sent out. But because he was considered property, <coughs> he would be sent out by himself. So he couldn't go out with his wife, couldn't go out with his children. And he would say to his, his owner, you know what, I like this house. You took good care of me. Uh, I've got a good place to live. I've got a wife and kids here. I don't want to be free. And so he would say, I want to be a bondservant here. And so what they would do, they would take that guy, they would take him up against the doorpost. They would take an awl. An awl is a piece of metal with a big point on it to bore a hole through something. They would put his earlobe near it and they would bore a hole through there. Basically, that was like branding somebody. And then I guess they put a signal on it. But anyway, that now he says, I want to stay here. I voluntarily allow myself to be marked to stay with you. I belong to you. And so that's why it's a horrendous thing sometimes to be getting like tattoos and markings and stuff like that because you're marking the, the body that God gave you and belongs to God. And you're writing things that in the old, we're not under the law for sure, but you're branding yourself with things that are not going to be easily taken off if at all. And so you have to be extremely careful what you do. Because when these people receive the mark of the beast, they are now saying they belong to Satan. They are lineared with Satan. They worship him. They have said, we will be branded with his, uh, his mark. It's an evil, evil thing. And so Bible, God, uh, the Bible tells us in his word, God tells us in his word, <coughs> that that is considered one of the most, uh, or actually an unpardonable sin. You will not be pardoned for receiving the mark of the beast. You basically have crossed the line for which there is no return. And so uh, that's, that's what happens to these people. Today, people are being conditioned. Once you get vaccine or vaccinated with something, you can't get that out of your body. You have sometimes, and they've been saying recently, that they, it actually changes and alters your DNA. Um, and some people, some, some, um, some actual uh, biblical scholars have said somehow, when these people receive the mark of the beast, their DNA has changed. Somehow their, their, their genetic code has now changed. They, are, they have decided 
that they would rather be condemned because that's what they want. They, they decide. Everybody decides. So there is no, we'll, we'll get the questions afterwards, we can go through this, but, and we'll just save it for, for later, but they decide. We decide every day. Every day is full of decisions, and God tests you on what you're going to decide to do or not to do every single day. And so that's where these people, God has told them. The same thing happened in the Garden of Eden. He said, that tree right there, don't do it. Because when you do, you know, you will die. It, even if it's a harmless, benign tree. God, the fact that God says, don't do it, there's a reason. When you disobey God, you basically have sinned against the Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth. You have sinned against the very one that keeps you alive. Because without Him, you don't have life. The Bible says it is He who, through Him, we live and move and have our being. It is He who gives us all things so that we can be maintained. You have basically sinned against your own life. Because He is the very core and the very giver of your life. So to disobey God is the ultimate sin. The ultimate. That's why people say, well, I've never killed or lied or I didn't rob anybody. It doesn't matter. Because if you look at the Ten Commandments... The first four have to do with God. All four are four. Those are the primary ones. Then after that is, you know, don't steal, don't kill, don't covet, don't commit adultery, honor your mother, father, etc. People have it backwards because they are pervertedly corrupt. They think that they make up their own agenda of what's moral and what's right when it's God's right, not ours. We have no right to do that. God created everything. And he says what is and what isn't. He is righteous and holy and everything. So when people decide, well, uh, especially some churches have decided, we're going to vote on this thing. We're going to vote on whether this is actually applicable anymore, whether, you know, men can marry men or marry uh, Things that they have no right to vote on because God in heaven says, you know, I'm laughing because your destruction is coming. How dare you? How dare you? And so when you decide to disobey God, you have sinned against the almighty, holy God, the creator. And so no matter what it was he told you, you sinned against him. You basically have rebelled against the very giver of your life. And believe me, God is holy, righteous, and just. He doesn't do things that are evil. Men do. because, And when we see things a certain way, and we don't see it God's way, the one that's wrong isn't God, it's men, because they're twisted. Remember, God is right. Um, let me see if I can find it. I'm trying to find it one day. Go back to Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Um, if I can find it, maybe with the 7. And the verse I'm looking for says, God has made all things right, but man has perverted everything. And that's actually the one I'm looking for. If I can find it, I thought it was in 7, but anyway, or 8. But anyway, the verse it says, God has created all things good, but, but men have perverted their ways. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, um, and I'll have to go back and look for it, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that, yeah, God made everything right. And you can go all the way back to, um, to Genesis in the first chapter where it talks about that uh, he made everything good in a, a great way but man came along and messed it all up. How? Well they sinned against God. 
they uh, took, like it says in chapter 4, and now they have perverted everything that God created and changed it from what it's supposed to be to a different way. So I'll have to find it later, but uh, I thought it was in, in 8, 7 or 8. But again, God created everything right. Men are the ones that basically perverted everything. And let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go look for it afterwards. I don't want to take too much time. I thought it was seven or eight. Anyway, if you got a phone, you can look it up. Anyway, so anyway, that's that's the verse, but I'll have to find another time. So again, men will try to change, and, and Romans chapter one is a great way to to actually look at what's happened. Men have rebelled against God, against the very nature of God, were unthankful, and they changed what was good into corruptible. Basically, they've lowered themselves to corruptible beasts. And so now we'll go to chapter 7, and you'll see the big difference. After And after these things, after John saw those things, he says, I saw. So first he sees that vision coming up of what's happening. And in 7 he says, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. That means as far as the east, west, north, and south, ready to do God's will in the area that God has given them. Holding the four winds of the earth, that the winds should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Basically they're holding everything still, not letting the wind and, the, and, and the, whatever blow. And I saw another angel standing from the east having the seal of the living God, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice. You know what a seal is? A seal is like something that you stamp things with. Back then, they would take the ring, had a certain design on it. They would pour wax on a letter and then drag their ring into it and then pull it out. When it hardened, it hardened with the seal, the signet of the one that just that just did that. They just signed, basically it was why they signed their letter. Um, <coughs> And so this guy has the seal of God. It's like when you're in the office and you have a stamp, a rubber stamp. I'm sealing this. I'm sealing this. I have one. I have three of them at work that I use. Uh, when it says personnel, when it says DF, DQF, when it says uh, medic, medical, for stamping people's documents, they're going to get scanned. So this angel has the seal of God in his hand. And he cried with a loud voice. And the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, he says, saying, don't hurt the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their what? Their foreheads. Their foreheads. You know, right now, here's a good example. What's on your hat? I don't know. I can't see it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's the, the Knights. The, the Golden Knights. Yeah. So he's wearing the emblem of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He could be wearing an emblem of the Las Vegas Raiders or of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or of the Dolphins, whoever you want. <clears throat> and it shows I am in their camp. I am for them. Okay, He's doing it with a hat. Here, it's on their forehead. Because the, the beast is stamping people, sealing people, tattooing people, marking people with his thing and saying, they're mine. They're mine. 
And they're voluntarily saying, yeah, we belong to him. And God is saying he sent these, these four angels to the different parts of the earth. They're about to blow destruction on this earth. And they've held everything back. No tornadoes, no hurricanes, no wind, no nothing. Wait. And the one angel is coming with a message from God himself because no angel is the originator of any message. They are messengers from God. And he's telling these four, so they're subject to what he's saying. It's like an NCO, a non-commissioned officer, a sergeant, telling his corporals and his soldiers, hey, hold up a second until we accomplish this other mission first. And so what's the order? The order is don't hurt anything on the earth yet. Don't, uh, don't unchain your destruction that's about to happen until he has sealed uh, in the forehead. Those are his servants. Why? Because the same way in Egypt, when the Jews were getting ready to leave Egypt, and God had told them, sacrifice the lamb, the Passover lamb, and take the blood and splat it on the doorpost and on the beam overhead, which would form the symbol of a cross above you and to the sides. Basically, when the death angel passed by, whoever was inside that house would not be harmed. And so now it's the same thing. <clears throat> now it says here, he says, saying, uh, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Remember, there's major destruction coming. We saw it in the last chapter. There's major destruction. But God says, don't do anything until I have sealed them. Why? Because they're identified to not partake of those judgments. It says, and I beheld the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed 144,000, all of the tribes of the children of who? Israel. The Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you, well, they're the 144,000. They're delusional. They're liars. They're apostates. They're heretics. Because the Bible clearly says that they're all Jews. They're men of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Gad, 12,000. The tribe of Asher, uh, the tribe of Nephtali, 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 uh, all of them 12,000 per tribe. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Tribe of Levi, and it goes on, uh, tribe of Zebulun. Uh, the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. There's 12,000 from each tribe that's named here. Because God has identified these 12. And I'll read them again. The tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Nephthalim were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. 12, of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. 144,000. 12 times 12 is 144. They're sealed. Because God has a mission for them. And God's going to say, God's saying, okay, destroy. Don't touch them. And God who owns creation... <coughs> can order the molecules and the atoms and whatever particulates are out there, subatomical, do not do this, and it obeys his voice. It obeys him. He spoke creation into existence. And so those 12,000 12, from each tribe are not to be uh, heard because they have a mission from God to accomplish. And notice, they're bearing the mark, the seal of their king. Greater is he that is in you 
it's in the world. The ones that have the seal of Satan that said, we'll go into that camp. They're suffering destruction. They're suffering all the things that they thought they would escape by receiving the mark of the beast. They get worse. They get worse. Not only that, but on top of that, they die and are come to the judgment of God Almighty. They have basically sold their soul to hell by doing that. <clears throat> I beheld, this is an I beheld, and a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne, before the Lamb clothed and with white robes and palms in her hands. They cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits, on, which, is, which sits upon the throne and under the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, or let it be so. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence, where do they come from? Who are these people? Where do all these people come from? And he said, Sir, I don't know. You know. Thou knowest. And he, said, and he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and are washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This is what the difference is. These people that refused the mark of the beast as destruction and hell is loosed on earth and they're killed for their faith. They're going right to the presence of God from every nation, every ethnicity, every place on the globe, every geography. They're coming before the Lamb of God and they're in heaven worshiping Him and on the earth those that chose to receive the mark of the beast that said they belong to Satan they are suffering, and when they die, they don't go to a place of consolation. They go to an even worse place than what they were living in. They went right from the firing frying pan into the fire. They thought, well, death will help them. No, death only ushers them into greater torment and judgment forever that will not ever be escaped. He says, Sir, who are thou knowest, and these are they which come out of great tribulation, have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he sit and, and he sit excuse me, he that sits on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more. They shall thirst no, they shall not thirst, or neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. They will not suffer like we suffer in the summers here with the excruciating heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. It's a huge difference. It's a huge, and this is where we finish until next week. <coughs> Those that, is, that thought this is the way to go. They have been brainwashed. They have bought into the lie. They have drank the Kool-Aid. Where did we get drank the Kool-Aid from? That was from the cult that went into Guyana, South America. They followed Jim Jones, this, this heretical uh, cult leader that used to be this pastor, but he was a heretic. And he led them all to Guyana. I've been to Guyana. 
It's a hellhole of a place to want to live. People live there, of course. Let me, let, me, let me retract that. There's no place like hell. But after being in Guyana, South America, I definitely do not want to live there. I've been there. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to live here. Definitely not. And I, believe me, you don't want to live there. <clears throat> but he took them all there. And he made them drink this Kool-Aid that was laced with cyanide. And they all committed suicide and died right there. As he took, you can look it up anywhere. It's called uh, uh, Jonestown. Jonestown, Guyana, where Jim Jones took everybody down there and followed him. These are families. These are children and marriage and cop. This is, you would never guess. They all drank the Kool-Aid and died. And he himself as well. Mass suicide. If you see the pictures, like, what, how, what possessed these people to follow this guy and to believe everything he said? How? How do people who made it this far in life and were able to think and function and work and, and, and complete it, how did they get so fooled and deceived by this guy that they would drink the Kool-Aid, mix a lace with cyanide, and die? That's nothing compared to what's going to happen with those that receive the mark of the beast. And when we say they drank the Kool-Aid, that means they have been deceived all the way to even to giving their life all the way to death to follow a, a lie, to follow a, 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 a deceit. And so, but the other side of those that were given light to see the truth. And they followed God all the way to heaven. Even if it cost them temporarily their life on earth, the moment they wake up from death, they're in heaven. That means death life, immediately at the same time. Death life and you're in the presence of God. Paul said, absent with the body is present with the Lord. Absent from the body, when your spirit leaves and you're immediately in the presence of God. But those people who die without God immediately are in the presence of their torment forever. And right now they're in a place called hell. But one day the Bible says that hell, and we'll see it later, hell and everything that's in it is taken <coughs> and they're brought out to a judgment day. And on that judgment day, they're judged for their sin. Because they have no covering, the Bible says, then they are condemned to a worse place than hell. Called the lake of fire. Um, it must be unimaginable. Because there's a place in Siberia, I believe, there's this great big hole in the earth, and there's nothing but flames and flames and flames. If you've seen it, you're like, that looks horrible, because what if they, uh, the earth you know, all of a sudden just opened up and it was the whole earth? Just one day it will. One day it will. God says in Second Peter chapter 3 that the entire earth will be burned up with fervent heat, the heavens as well. <coughs> And so that is what awaits those people that have rejected God. That's what awaits them. And so to look at a place like that and to think, okay, they're way. I have a friend right now who is in jail. He hasn't even gone to prison yet. He's been sitting in jail. He's miserable. I visit him often. I go to the jail. I've been left. I've been brought inside the very jailhouse and inside behind all these locked doors. And seal after seal, boom, boom, open up, boom, boom, close, boom, boom, close. And you're in there, you can't, you can't get out until they open a door. And there's several ways to get, several doors you have to get through to get out, several levels. So I was like, one, two, three, four levels of doors you have to get through. And then my friend was behind the other one. 
and I can sit there and talk to them. I can hit the open little window. I can see through the window, but I can reach in and grab him. <coughs> but he hasn't been judged yet. But that's his waiting place. That's his waiting place, even though he hasn't been judged. And one day when he's judged, he may go to full-fledged prison. Okay? And so those who are in hell have not been judged yet. When they're judged, they're taken out of hell to be judged. Then they're judged and condemned to a place called the lake of fire. It's not in the earth. It's not because the Bible says the earth disappears. Earth is gone. Somewhere in the heavens, somewhere in this universe, there's a place that God has prepared called the lake of fire. And that's where those people will be forever. Never to leave. You can't get out of there and escape. I'm going to escape. I'm going to go down to another country and go to 7-Eleven. It's in space somewhere. Where are you going to go? How are you going to escape? To where? To where? Forever. God says in the Bible, whatever God does, he does forever. He's eternal God. People think temporarily. And they don't realize what you're doing now is affecting you for eternity. For eternity. If you're saved, you're eternally saved. If you're Christian, the things that you do in this life, the rewards that you get are eternal. And the, and the, the lack of faithfulness is also going to be eternal because you will not receive what you would have received. God will wipe away the tears. There will be joy in heaven, but there will be greater positions and privileges for those that lived most faithfully. There's a song <coughs> that I remember, um, and it goes like this. One day every uh, tongue shall confess you are Christ. One day every knee shall bow. One day, yeah, one day every tongue shall confess you are Lord. One day every knee shall bow. But the greatest, uh, but the greatest reward of all is for those that worship you now. That worship you now. One day, whether they want to or not, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. He is God. But there is a greater reward for those that worship Him now. On purpose, they have decided before they see Him, before somebody makes them, they say, no, I choose, I decide Christ. I choose Him, I decide Him. And so that's where the world is today. That's why the condemnation for the mark of the beast. Because they're saying, I will be in that camp. They're saying, I identify with Him. That's why baptism identifies, like last week we baptized angel. Baptism identifies, it's just water. You go in the pool and get dunked. You go in the bathtub and get dunked. <coughs> you go to the the river, or a lake, or an ocean, or a pond, and get dunked. But it's not, it's not in the name of Yeshua as an identifier of being buried and raised again in the likeness of his resurrection in the name of Jesus. Because it's a symbolic thing that I identify with the one that was crucified, was buried, and was risen again. That is an identifying action of saying, I identify with him. So when they identify with the mark of the beast, they're saying, he is their Lord. He is their God. And so God takes that and says, as you wish. The, the Bible says that hell was made for the devil and his angels. But God will one day say, depart from me into everlasting hell, prepared for the devil and his angels. 
because since you followed demons, you followed their ways, you wanted them more than me, you're going to share their condemnation forever. You will share their fate. Since you wanted to follow them, you will follow them into hell forever. That's the reason that it is so evil to receive that mark. That evil. So, <clears throat> we'll close with that. We'll finish next week. What time is it?